0: Rex, on your Sunday morning, today we're catching up with the absolute legend who is uh, Tim Caverman, the founder of Eat What You Kill. It's an initiative for fishers, hunters, divers uh, to share their recipes, tips, trips and tricks for making the most of their catch and to to really celebrate our Aotearoa's wild food. Joins us now. It's making us hungry though, Dom. (laughs) As always, (laughs) it always always. comes back to food. eh? G'day Tim, how are you?
1: Good, good. Thanks for
0: having me. How are you guys? Yeah, no, we're fantastic. Thank you. Uh, Look, Tim, uh, this is a great initiative. Take us right back to the start. How how did you get into sourcing your own food?
1: Uh, To be honest, I probably haven't been doing it as long as a lot of people listening. Um, But about three or four years ago, I started uh, spearfishing with a couple of friends of mine, and that sort of got me really hooked on the idea of sourcing my own food. Um, and it's something that just became a bit of an obsession, and for those first two years, it's sort of the only thing I really focused on or put energy into. Um, so that that sort of, it was a couple of friends of mine, really, that just sort of pushed me to come out, come out on the boat and give it a crack, and um, previous to that, I've sort of spent my whole, I guess, career sitting at a computer inside, so it was quite a... I guess, shock to the system um, to be doing something so different. Uh, but it, in, you know, four years on, it's turned out to be one of the best things I've ever done.
0: Yeah, but was there a moment, though, what changed, what what made you convinced it was the way to go from, as you say, from a, a, a keyboard sort of corporate background?
1: Uh, to be honest, I, I'm still kind of in the, key, in the keyboard corporate sort of space, but yep. I think it, I just got to a point where I'd spent so long in that world Uh, focusing solely on work, not having many holidays and building a business for myself that I actually, it it sort of didn't serve my mental health very well or my physical health to be honest. So it was a way of looking after myself and finding some things that actually at, at the time were quite hard because they were so outside my comfort zone, but they actually got me outside, got me fit, got me some good food. Uh, met a whole new community of people um, and it just sort of balanced out the Monday to Friday of sitting on a computer chair and now it's sort of progressed to the point where I do my best not to sit on a computer chair all week just to um, sort of, I guess, keep myself progressing. Mm.
2: It's interesting because your story is quite similar to a few people that I know in terms of and have heard from in terms of um, mm. not really having a taste of this early on in life uh, for whatever reason. Yeah. But once you do, you kind of get the bug.
1: Yeah, yeah and that, that's exactly it. I hadn't really, I guess the, the easiest way to put it is that I hadn't had many things in life that I sort of started doing that actually became like a deep obsession. And. Mm. When I, the first time I went spearfishing, I mean, it was, the first trip wasn't that great, it was a bit of a failure actually, but just the fact that I'd gone out and done something so far outside the norm, yeah, I, I guess, you know, it sets off all the chemicals in your brain, it sets off a bit of pride, and it, it was just something I'd done for myself that made me proud and gave me a bit of strength after all the hard part was done and that, I think, I, I don't know if the obsession was spearfishing or if it was that feeling. <laughs> yeah, look, um, this
0: is really interesting, Tim, because I, I'm, I, 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 my dad would, you know, he'd get dropped off in the Ruahinis back in the day, uh, it, w- w- you know, in a helicopter up the top and disappear for, you know, for a few days, uh, fish over on the East Coast with his mates, um, things, but not, a, not one drop in me, right? So, but, so, if you like, I grew up, close to all these things, but never did it. But there's something there that just tickles away at me. Now, I lost a great mate, mm, 2008, what are we talking, 14 years ago now. And uh, his son, uh, Charles, is. you know, I get such a buzz of it now. I know that it's in his blood. He goes out there and you can see him up in, in the high country with his kill and, you know, and what he likes to do with it afterwards and everything. But uh, 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 you're giving such a great example. Me, there's probably hundreds like me, more, who could go, you know what? Give it a try and see what actually what what gets triggered off because you know totally, in your,
1: yeah totally
0: and it's sort of yeah. like that whole being tied to the man kind of thing no 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 that ain't that ain't gonna matter when you're eighty five and looking backwards you know <laughs> it, it,
1: exactly and that, and that's the thing I think everyone if it's one thing i learned then maybe it wouldn't maybe it's not spear fishing or maybe it's not hunting, but everyone has i think within them the ability to do something more. Challenging them what they would consider the status quo or the norm. And I've sort of become, and and I go through phases where I do end up, you know, bogged down in work, but I definitely still come back to the fact that it's good to get outside your comfort zone and do these things. And like you were saying about the hunter being dropped off, a lot of the people I've met in the last four years have been hunting like they were brought up hunting through generations um, and that's their way of life. And I find it so interesting that what I consider as being a, a real challenge mentally and physically that serves me so well um, after I've done it, for them is just like their daily life. And, and then they go to even further extents and, and, you know, bigger missions or longer hunts or further into the hills or further out to sea to get, to get the equivalent for them.
2: Yeah. yeah, I love the idea as well, and it's all in the title, Eat What You Kill, and I speak with Reuben Parkinson from Blood Brothers quite regularly on my program. Oh, yeah. Uh yeah? Yeah, and um, th- that's his um, and, and their company's philosophy as well when it comes to yeah. uh, hunting. You know, it's very different. People here hunting, they can often associate it with the trophy kind, and this very much isn't that. This yeah. is about knowing yeah. where your food yeah. comes from, cooking it, you're yep. feeding your family, yeah. utilising as much of the animal as you can, uh, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the, that was the whole, when I started Eat What You Kill, I'd been, you know, spearfishing for a couple of years. And it was actually around the time COVID kicked off and we all had to stay home for, you know, eight weeks or whatever it was. Mm. Um And I just made a Facebook group to share some recipes and actually just invited my friends that were into spearfishing because I I was kind of not bored, but I just was interested to see what other people do with their fish. And within, you know, a month, it was actually, the, the Facebook community was full of hunters and, you know, farmers and all these people from all over New Zealand and now from all over the world. And it's it's grown into so much more than just sharing recipes it's like sharing a lifestyle um and though everyone's is different there are a lot of lessons that people learn from each other and a lot of it is through the food like there's definitely everyone has their own opinions on food and it's something that's i've actually been so thankful for all the politics and that's actually stayed out of the what you kill community but everyone just accepts everyone else's sort of way of doing things and Um, It's awesome to see how other people treat their animals or provide for their family.
2: Um, Amish, the website is outstanding. It's just eatwhatyoukill.co and uh, the recipes in there, among other things, are extraordinary. Um, Tim, I have to say, my favourite, it looks like the venison chilli con carne. I'm going to be Uh. making that uh, myself. (laughs) It looks outstanding.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's actually one of the more recent ones I did, and that was... Um, for years, myself and my friends, chilli was like our favourite we we actually went through a phase where every Sunday we'd get together and make a chilli and it was something I always wanted to do with Venice and I'd been trying it you know, a hundred different ways and this, out of all of them was sort of the culmination of all the different recipes I tried that I thought was the best way of doing it, so I think recipes like chilli are also like quite, like everyone's probably got their way of doing it or one that their family's got, so it's Again, it's that's just my version, but it's been I've had quite a few good messages about that recipe.
2: Yeah, um, Hamish is another one in there. I think it might be uh, a starter for you and I. Uh, it could be a Rex dish, crayfish mac and cheese. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Jesus, <Jeez, laughs> uh, uh, no, that's yeah. that's got me going Yeah, crayfish mac and cheese,
1: outstanding. Yeah, that, uh, uh, that's a little bit yeah. gruff and the one, I guess. That was one that uh, got a lot of feedback. Oh. Definitely not something I'd eat every day, but oh. <laughs> it was pretty bloody good. Yeah. Oh, nah, yeah. Reasonably yeah. rich, but hey, pretty cool. Hey. Very rich.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Okay righty hey. Well, uh, anything to add there, Dom? Uh, now we well, look, we've sort of the to of the crayfish mac and cheese, I mean. Yeah,
2: exactly. Well, uh, no, Tim, I think you're doing a really great job, and I know that um, you, you did touch on it, but uh, you've got the big uh, focus on, on mental health too within that sort of community that you've yeah. built around Eat What You Kill.
1: Yeah, that's definitely sort of the one of the biggest, well, it was one of the foundations of Eat What You Kill was just at the start, it was about the food, but then the more I started introducing mental health content into it, and it's it's always been a goal of mine to build a brand or a project or an initiative that just reached everyday people, um, and it, my initial idea wasn't actually to have it as part of this, but I started introducing some mental health content, and it was received so well that when I actually... Um, built the brand and did all the strategy for it myself I made mental health one of the biggest pillars of it because I just think it's so needed and there's I also realized pretty quickly that there's a lot of people in the eat what you kill community that probably don't necessarily get reached by mainstream content or initiatives Mm. or projects and I've got you know a list a mile long of things I'd like to do with it but
0: that's definitely a big focus for sure. Tim, can I just say here? So I kind of—I feel like a lot of what I sort of see around mental health is those of us who—and I'll just—I'll speak as first person here, just to, so I can explain mm-hmm. it better—look at the world and go, "Jeez, this is great." You know, I'm lucky enough to have a, an amazing wife, children all these things the world's such a beautiful place and everything but why why you know why am i not quite sort of at a level of happiness or satisfaction mm. that i need to be at now you i think you sort of encapsulate it for me you went off on your spear fishing, not quite right the first time the second time and then you know you it, it, it was triggered. I use that you, that sort of that mm. sort of almost brought something new into your life. Where you know, and I loosely refer to working for the man or whatever, or trying to concentrate too much on putting stuff aside for a rainy day, when actually it's the here and now. And this is what I love about mm. what you're doing. You know, just fantastic.
1: And, and that's uh, it's just community. It's all I'm doing is communicating lessons I've learned yeah. over the years yeah. and. It just it seems to resonate, and I launched I've launched a podcast, which is kind of my next focus for Eat what you kill, which will be very heavily swayed towards the community, the people and mental health, along with the food, but telling stories that include all of that. and I just think it it's like a good vehicle to get that mental health message out there.
0: Yep, absolutely. Fantastic. That is uh, Eat What You Kill founder there, Tim Caveman. Great to have Tim here on the show, Dom. Fantastic. Uh, can't quite get over the crayfish mac and cheese. That, that oh, has, yeah, that I has, know. That has an absolute ring about it. Right here, we've got to push on. Uh, next up is uh, Weather with Our Man at AFCO. It's Richard Green out of Kerwe next on your Sunday morning.
1: 5 p.m. emails from your boss, surprise visits from in laws, missing soccer cleats. Lucky California knows it's easy to get thrown off schedule. Let us help you out with home delivery powered by Instacart. You can get groceries delivered in as fast as one hour, including fresh produce and fresh baked bakery items. Right now, you can save $10 when you spend $50 using promo code LUCKYCA10. Place your order at shop.luckysupermarkets.com. Lucky California, the golden state of eating.